Hello, and welcome back to the Clown Hospital Podcast, the mental health podcast that is not afraid to admit that capitalism is the problem. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that slogan is new since you were last on, because uh, I started that in episode two, no, three, and you're episode two. But yeah, uh, you already heard like a weird wolf howl from them. But Thanks. Ret- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Sadie, and I am here with a former guest and current guest, Angel. Hi, everyone. Just a little recap on me. I am a software engineer. I am a homosexual. I, <laughs> I am a transgendo, and I also am an artist, and I'm Jewish. And I had a fucked up ass childhood, but you know what? I'm all good now. And that's pretty much me. Hell yeah. I must be watching too many like teen dramas because when you said, when you started to say sophomore engineer, my brain auto completed to sophomore. And I'm like, what the fuck are you a sophomore in? Like, what? Like, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I am a sophomore in high school. Oh no! I just, I just want, I just want my hot but elusive friend to to notice me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I have terrible taste in music. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast again. Cool, <laughs> of course. You know, and you're, you know, an adult not a high schooler to clarify I, yeah I, I i am like 32 years of, well i'm yeah. 31 but yeah, i am an adult yes. <laughs> I, I assure you all yes all right so we are here to talk about love addiction and also new relationship energy and the context of love addiction yeah so like this oh, is yeah. this, this is a topic that like i this is probably one of the topics that I'm like the least personally familiar with. Um, so this will be interesting. So first of all, how would you personally identify, like define that term? Um, sure. Yeah. I, so for me, the way it manifested, and I, I think this is relatively common from what I've read, but essentially I, I, I think other terms I've heard are serial monogamy or, you know, I, I think some people might even call it uh, sex addiction sometimes as well, although I don't know if that applies to everyone. But basically, it's the idea of, of sort of being addicted to the honeymoon period of relationships. So you're kind of addicted to the part where you, you get super high and you are all into this person and they seem like this amazing person and so perfect. And, you know, you have all these, these good feeling chemicals going through your body. And it also is kind of a hell of an emotional ride, (laughs) you know, lots of ups and downs, lots of big dramatic feelings and and stuff like that. And um, it's very compelling for a lot of people. And I I would even say love is almost a misnomer because I don't really think it's about love. I think it's more about this feeling of desire and want and um, wanting to feel that intimacy with another human being, but in this kind of unrealistic and unsustainable way. Yeah. 
So that it's yeah. kind of my it's it's a complicated one, but basically, you know, you you want to you want to just keep having the 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 fun part at the beginning, but not necessarily the hard work later on, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the reason this is a, like a topic I know not that much about is because I just don't relate to it at all in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally that makes perfect sense. I mean, for, not for me, entirely true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say like, okay, you know, like I guess we won't poke that bear uh, this episode, but you know, uh, sure, Sadie. Because uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like in my case, there's definitely a sexual component, but you you can be totally asexual and be addicted mm-hmm. to just like oh, this person pays attention to me and, you know, is, is and showing me I, their best self and, ah, you know. Yeah, well, I guess, like, the actual answer or, like, response for me is, like, yeah, I've, like, definitely have been, like, wondering is a term that has applied for me, to me, and I, <laughs> well, I do, like, in contrast to what you just said, I do remember one time I was, like, I'm, do you think I'm a love addict and you're like you're not a horny enough <laughs> yeah it just it, to me I, I that I was obviously joking um like, <laughs> like it's yeah, a really good yeah. joke I, well and, and I mean in your case like yeah you you do seem kind of like more troubled by relationships than you know what like you, you're you're just kind of like oh no <laughs> like you don't really get the part of like we're banging all the time so my brain feels all crazy and shit I mean, like, my brain still does feel crazy yeah like, yeah do you know like when we started dating we weren't having sex like at least in a physical in person sense and you're on the other side of the country and like i definitely but the the nre was definitely flowing um and yeah I definitely I definitely relate to the pattern like I'd like uh, a person a friend of mine an ex of mine (laughs) actually Mm -hmm. um which is it is you know maybe a sign maybe it maybe is some sort of red flag uh in this topic if you know a lot of the friends a lot of my closest friends are my exes Mm. (laughs) but Mm. like but like my friend was like yeah you like you're kind of like someone who's got to always be dating someone and if you're not you're really uncomfortable and let me tell you I'm currently not dating anyone with no real prospects um of it and boy am I uncomfortable and like literally like crave it i Mm. I don't know if you i you know before recording i told you some some shameful things i've done recently that i'm not gonna that uh is maybe a little too fresh for on air but um i don't think i've told you that i downloaded grinder Ooh. (laughs) Uh uh-oh all right now we're getting into it <laughs> and signed and signed up for seeking arrangement um, <laughs> and downloaded lex and tinder back um it's not going anywhere other than just getting a lot of dick pics um mm. and just really being fascinated 
by how penises are kind of all the same and also all very different. But yeah, like, I definitely, and like that, like, and when you said like getting hooked to the, like, the new relate, like the honeymoon phase specifically, it's like, that is like literally what I want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think um, my brother, shout out to my my brother, uh, he runs a very goofy little relationship blog that's actually very helpful and astute, but um, it's called Fix Your Picker because he's a, yes. a dork. But you know, broken he actually, picker syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, he... Which to it, people who don't know uh, is just like you are constantly like picking the quote unquote like wrong person. Yeah, exactly. And and he talks a lot about how that is a fallacy and that, you know, most of the time, unless you're quite young and inexperienced, which makes sense, right? You might not notice certain red flags simply because you aren't familiar with them. But if you keep kind of choosing people with the same red flags, this is no longer just an issue of oh, I don't have a good sense for this. It's like, ah, I think you're kind of picking these people on purpose, maybe. Maybe there's a little bit yeah. of that there. Yeah, um, and but- again, like, I, I think I've said this before, but, like, the same friend was, like, I think this was the same person. I don't even know. It was, like, Cindy, you, like, end up in, like, kind of crazy situations, like, a lot. And I'm, like, yeah, I think I make them happen. And I, mm. I, I think... <laughs> And I, I think that is true in this to some to some degree as well, where like there'll be a red flag and it'll be the red flag that eventually like <laughs> ends the relationship or causes some larger problem. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's you know, that's not great. And then just be like, whatever. Um Yeah. For for me, when those would come up, and this is this is kind of how I knew that this was addiction rather than I just like having sex with people, which I totally meet people who actually just have a very intense libido and are just, you know, they're very comfortable with that and that's fine for you. Um, But that wasn't me. And I knew it wasn't me, even if I tried to kind of say like, oh, this isn't a big deal to me. I'm just like free or whatever. You know, the, the reality was I really sought out these kinds of situations and I could even hear myself whether I acknowledged it or not but part of my brain already cooking up the arc of this relationship you know what what was this going to look like and how is this going to tragically end eventually you know because of a situation that I had created essentially um and it and it's like you know, there's a lot of this kind of magical thinking, which I think, uh, for me at least, uh, was absolutely informed by all the social conditioning I received as a child. I was very, very obsessed as a kid with this whole idea of this magical person that you meet that just changes your whole life and you change their life. And, you know, I mean, that's you, literally yeah. like the narrative. That's like the heterosexual hallmark movie narrative. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I mean, it is so ground into our psyches that it really fucked me up because regardless of what I believed in or thought I believed in or whatever, this was 
in the back of my head, you know, this at least a version of this idea um, that, you know, I, I was going to enter into this and these feelings were never going to go away. And that was kind of the goal, right, is find a relationship where the NRE initial feelings are forever. And then I had to realize one day, oh, it, it's actually very normal for things to fall off after a little while. And you kind of settle into a routine with each other and, you know, you, you, you get to know each other in a, in a different way. And it, and it's just, it's just different. That's it. It's just different, but you can't live in the honeymoon phase forever. And nobody does even the most successful relationships where you think that they're so in love and so cool and stuff. Yeah. They both sit together and have boring nights where they're like, half asleep like one of them like falls asleep while they're fucking and like you know whatever <laughs> like it's everyone well, see, has like that. yeah yeah because i mean like to be honest that it, that also is what i want is like i like i think i am in the habit of ignoring red flags as a way to like to not just let's say well like i am really excited about this person i'm really excited about this future i'm imagining with this person and like I don't want any like self-awareness or anything to mess that up but like because it like there's a good feeling happening why would I want to stop it but like the actual like what I actually do want is a long-term relationship that like you know like come home from work and I like make dinner and we just talk about how the day went and then we watch a movie and like get stoned and like barely talk <laughs> like you yeah. know you know talk in a way like in a way that's healthy for a relationship but not like talk during that much in the movie I mean but like, just to clarify totally. um like 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 you're just kind of doing your thing and sometimes you're hanging out sometimes you're just like near each other being silent and yeah but if I'm company but if, I, if I'm wasting my time, not that I think that any of my relationships in the past have been wasted time, but if I am spending my time on all these like potential relationships or potential relationships that feel good in the moment, but like they're like I know in the back of the head are, isn't going to work out, then how how do I achieve the long term dream? Are you don't like you don't like. Because you're just chasing a feeling that that isn't even related to the dream. Yeah, exactly. You're chasing the the chemicals, the feelings, and that yes. and that is specifically why I use the word addiction because that's absolutely what yeah. it is. You know, I I think I've joked to you a couple of times that oh yeah my favorite thing to do is grind people up and snort them over <laughs> just do lines well what of, I was gonna say is you know. like the I think actually what you can do is like you meet someone new you get really excited about it you you know that excitement lasts three to six months and when it peters down you just both do a lot of cocaine and it's basically yes. the same thing yeah. And then you, that's how you see, that's how you get to the long-term relationship. Once a year, you have kind of a, a, a day of a purging of all feelings where you just do an excessive amount of drugs and yeah. that'll get you all back up to like a good, a good place. Just and do like, not do that. And, <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, but like I told you before is I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be making bad decisions 
about this stuff if I just was doing drugs. So I think I should just be allowed to do drugs. Yeah, I I think that makes um, a lot of sense. And, you know, I really have no rebuttal to that because no one has ever caught anyone in this quandary before. And and they said, well, God damn it, you're right. You either have to do copious amounts of drugs or snort people up like lines of cocaine. And if you, you have to have one of them. That's just... I think, yeah, all right, time to stop this recovery podcast because <laughs> fuck it, we're yeah. doing drugs and yeah. having sex, even though we hate it. I'm, I'm going to go find a person who clearly is having a fucked up time and I'm going to go, let's descend into hell together. I'm going <laughs> to fuck an uncle, not my uncle, just an uncle. Yeah, I'm going to find someone who's like a sad old man and I'm going to go wreck his marriage. Like, seriously, it's so funny because it's like, yeah, let's not do any of that. Yeah, let's not do any of that. But also it's so funny because it's like, you know, I maybe haven't fucked an uncle, but I've definitely totally done things where I'm completely self-sabotaging and choosing people that are just so obviously bad for me. And I'll be sitting there going, this isn't going to work out. Me and this person clearly (laughs) defer on some major issues or like there's a really big hurdle to cross, but you know, part that, that was kind of what I realized too, that it's like, oh, and, and there's a component to this of kind of having the easy out too of a because if it's like oh i just keep picking these people and it just doesn't work out and you know i, I it felt yeah, so putting, great at first right like and, i and mean that like, is well, putting yeah. the blame outside of yourself exactly, exactly. Like, you're not taking any responsibility that like you know i i'm definitely someone who who in a lot of ways i find myself in a lot of patterns like uh, one of my recent like work environments reminded me a lot of like past trauma and I didn't do that on purpose but it's like wow I keep repeating the same pattern over and over and like I am not consciously doing it but I'm st- I am still doing it to some degree and by just being like oh like men like the dating like feels like just sucks and there's probably a lot of truth to that but like yeah you need to take like responsibility for like the fuck you're doing exactly yeah and i i think that um you know really at the end of the day it's hard to say whether you know what the boundaries of any kind of terminology are but I I think that if you feel as though you were repeating patterns in relationships or can't seem to get a relationship to last beyond that kind of three to six month period of magic and you know if you're into sex lots of sex and like yeah I love your face you're like Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) But yeah, like if you find that happening to you, you know, could be worth considering whether that might be something a bit deeper than just you had a a run of bad luck or something. Yeah. If like you find yourself in the same pattern all the time and like, you know, sometimes like that is like part of like a systemic problem. It's like, wow my like you know I sure like work a bunch of jobs that don't give a shit about me 
that I don't know if that's a personal problem. I think that's a systemic problem to an extent, but I seem to have a real broken picture when it comes to jobs, but, and maybe that there is some responsibility I can have there. But yeah, if you like keep finding yourself in like eerily similar situations mm-hmm. over and over and over again, um, whether you are intentionally doing it or not, there it's definitely a sign that you need to like <laughs> sit and think a little or like talk it through with the therapist or something. Cause like they're like mm-hmm. that that seems like a red flag in the sense of like there that's a sign that something is happening. And if that pattern is having results that you are finding disruptive or hurtful or upsetting or whatever, like if results that you don't want in your life anymore, that takes um considering what your role is and like mm-hmm. you know with me trying to figure out that like my role and stuff i i absolutely don't have it like you know asking the question doesn't necessarily give you the answer mm-hmm. but asking the question leaves you open for the answer when like the answer or like hints to the answer pop up um because mm-hmm. i i don't know but it's all like I don't know how to break out of some of the cycles I'm in, but I am thinking about it more consciously and in active conversations about it over time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I it's it's definitely difficult, and uh, I was going to say I personally feel like we're veering into our next topic of discussion um because i was about to bring up nre so i thought i might just uh (laughs) just take us on in if you don't mind but yeah i think that the reality of dealing with nre addiction which is you know what i what i call my thing because have we defined in our i mean nre oh yeah the honeymoon phase yeah yeah the honeymoon phase new relationship energy i like that Neon Renegis Evangelion. Yeah, Neon. If it's an incredible anime, um, it's it's about it's about sexual robots. You should check. I it mean, out. it is about sex and robots. Um, it's true. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Any, anywho, uh, but but yeah, I think and and i know that there's probably a scientist out there who can define this much better than me but but my very uh shittily transcribed quick version of this is you know basically the chemicals that are released when you first meet someone are different than the chemicals of someone who you've been with for a, a long time romantically or you know otherwise whatever kind of intimate relationship it is but those feelings at the beginning naturally subside it is a completely natural thing and you know that isn't to say that you know you won't love people but it is not normal for you to be 40 years into a relationship and like so horny for your partner that like it keeps you up at night which is what happened to me and still does so yeah 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 so my my big thing like kind of my symptoms of nre nre withdrawal if you will which includes times that I'm away from my partner, my new partner, because I I have a very, very strong urge to just be around them 24 hours a day. And Uh I become very anxious if I'm not 
even if I don't uh-huh. really want to hang out with them. Even if I'm like, I actually mm-hmm. have things to do. And it's like, but all I can do is think about being with this person all the time. Yep. Um, and I become very anxious about upsetting this person over very small, insignificant things. I d- just cannot handle rejection at all from my partner. And not in the sense of like, I'm going to be an asshole, but more just like it, it, the feelings inside of my body are nearly like very difficult for me to kind of control. Like it almost physically takes my body over and I will be like physically shaking or like, you know, feel like it, it's really intense. Um, I've had nights where I've just stayed up for hours, just like crying and like, like literally shivering because I'm these feelings are rushing through me and it's you know that's why I was like this is like addiction like (laughs) this is like I am like addicted to this I can't not you might as well face it you're addicted to love might as well face it I'm addicted to love yeah I that was pretty good Uh, (laughs) yeah you know and and so managing that fucking sucked right because it's like there is a methadone for for love addicts i mean like (laughs) it barely feels possible to manage it i mean as does my cravings for other things but like that one specifically i mean i guess like i haven't in recovery i you know have very little experience with this but like so i guess i don't really know how i would navigate it at this exact point in my life but sources tell me that sources being myself um and self-awareness is that it's not gonna be it wouldn't be much better than it has been but um damn no one is gonna date me after this episode um but i mean no one's dating me anyway so i guess um (laughs) this is you doing doing the doing the work and putting yourself out there sadie yeah (laughs) um, but it, it it is like us it feels like especially all consuming. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be like, I literally can't stop thinking about this person. Like, I will just have the same intrusive, obsessive thoughts, you know, and I, and I have issues with obsessive thoughts in general, but it, it really ramps up during these time periods and, you know, some other, some other issues with it, it it makes me very susceptible to manipulation um it makes me very susceptible to a kind of delusion i think too and engaging in shared or or even solo delusions about who a person is and what this relationship is and blah 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 it definitely it's just like the codependent it's like I'm just codependent. <laughs> it just like happens to me. There's not even, it's like, oh, I'm here. Don't worry. I'll fix your whole life for you. No big. Um, and then I'll have plenty of time to like cackle all my chores. Uh, so it'll be totally fine. Y- you know, it, it really ramps all that stuff up. And it's like, 
when you're younger, it's not as big of a deal because you have less shit to lose. But the older you get, it's like, this is not healthy. Like, (laughs) I could really meet up with someone and they could just like ruin my entire life, you know, because I just give so much of myself without any thought or setting any boundaries or anything like that. And it fucking sucks. (laughs) It sucks ass. I can can relate to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel me on that one? I do feel you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as um, how to fucking deal with it, uh, honestly, a lot of the same principles of addiction recovery apply. Sometimes you really just got to sit yeah. on your fucking hands and like get through it because it has it has gotten easier to to manage as I've gotten used to it. And I've gotten used to the fact that it's like, this is just how I feel it's not because this person is literally the most amazing person in the entire world. Even if they're a, a lovely, wonderful person, they're still a human being. And I just have to kind of keep checking in with both my, to use DBT language, my wise mind and mm-hmm. trying to combine the facts with the feelings and just saying, absolutely, you know, like, yeah, this person's really great because of X, Y, Z. Is there anything I've noticed so far about this person that maybe is a little alarming to me? That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's fine. You can acknowledge that. It doesn't mean that you, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't have to mean some big dramatic thing. You can just say, oh, this person said something that hurt my feelings. I should go talk to them about it. And if suddenly you're like, I can't do that, then it's like, well, that's not a very good sign. Why can't you go talk? You know, why can't you go say, hey, that thing you said kind of hurt my feelings or, you know, I I could really use some intimacy with you or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's okay to look at these feelings and you don't even necessarily have to act on them immediately if you're not ready yet either. So yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it is kind of getting used to it a little bit, learning about it, learning about how it works. And also da, 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 the big one, dating people who have good boundaries <laughs> themselves, um, which is also a very hard thing for love addicts to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm like trying to think of like how many people have I dated with good boundaries? It's, it's not a high number. It's not something mm. I'm in the habit of doing. We'll say that. Yeah, um, sure. It's probably not zero, um, but yeah, yeah. I feel like you're pretty, you're pretty like intentional and stuff. So, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's because it's fucking dangerous. It's dangerous. You could, there's so much that could go wrong and you could really end up with a real piece of shit. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, even if it does, like, you know, like you're in that state and like you're, you're like just met this person. You're like, fuck, maybe I should fucking marry them. And then you, you, you have this whole life planned out. And then when it doesn't work out, which it probably won't, if this is like your pattern, then like, like that, like that's real ass grief <sighs> and, yeah. and can like, just, I don't know, like I can just imagine like myself in situations like this and like, you know, because I've been in situations like this and 
you know that's a pattern that leads to suicidality and to harm and substance use um because when this person that you've put in the world on their shoulders like drops it then it's kind of like you're kind of fucked from there yeah oh god yeah that's such a great point i i love that because yeah absolutely this this person deserves to be flawed and human yes, just like you absolutely. do they and and that that honestly um and i know this doesn't necessarily work for everyone but for me actually my my biggest kind of way that I helped myself through this was kind of just self-deprecation and sort of making fun of myself a little bit. Well, I'm good to, at just that. To me. Yeah, but just just like <laughs> to me and not in a super harsh way and in more like a mm. loving way. You know, I would I'm not I would good kinda, at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would tease myself for for being like, oh yeah, how did you end up marrying and having 18,000 kids with this person who turned out to be super emotionally immature and not ready for anything like that in any way at all? No? Huh. Interesting. You know, and, and it's like, I wouldn't say like, oh, you dumb piece of shit. I would just be like, try and look at the situation from a bird's eye view and recognize that, yeah, this doesn't sound very good when I put it like that does it and it, it again I don't I think sometimes people use self-deprecation as a way to self-harm or, or really limit themselves so it worked for me humor works for me at because my problem is I get so razor focused on the tragedy of the situation and my pain that I'm feeling that I feel like this is the worst thing that ever happened in the world and if I can make a little bit of a joke about it, it, it lifts some of that tension for me and helps me remember like, hey, I'm not the first person to do something like this in the entire world. And yeah, it's a little silly no. that I did this, but you know, there's a reason that this is a cliche, yeah, <laughs> right? There, it's, it, there's a reason that everyone's like, oh yeah, it didn't work out. Huh? Interesting. You know, <laughs> and everyone's like, guys, I, I kind of saw it coming. Um, so, you know, it's okay to just be boring and normal and flawed and, and that's fine. And we've, we've all been there and it, it's okay. Um, I'm definitely flawed. I don't know if I'm boring and normal, but <laughs> definitely it, flawed. I think in the sense that your feelings of embarrassment or like shame are, are like no more special or hor more horrible than anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that I, like, obviously I think you have a beautiful, wonderful personality and you're a brilliant human being. I truly think that yeah because just to just to be clear um it, you know but i i personally because i really thought my tragedy was so special and that was that was what was really holding me back and then I you go to the rooms and be like oh shit <laughs> yeah yeah the same shit and yeah the episode i'm editing now um uh like that i was editing before we started recording this I like we were even talking about how no matter what your like drugger choice or behavior choices, it's like kind of all the same. Like the the emotional pattern mm -hmm. like is the fucking same. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, because what was the reality here? For me, I wanted to avoid working on myself because that's what most addictions are about, right? Is is you have an issue and you want to delay working on it, but you're paying a pretty high cost every time, you know, you're yeah. kind of like there's the a, dice. The, and... Yeah, I guess the way I would frame it would be like, there's like a hole you're trying to fill and you're trying to take the quick way around to fill it. Yeah, exactly. You want to, you want to follow, follow the quick, easy and the most pleasurable way, hopefully, because for as at least immediately. pleasurable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I would say even for me and, you know, I don't think this is true for everyone. I was even addicted to the like aftermath part too, because it's Mm -hmm. like, that's a big release of energy in itself of just like anger and, you know, pain and and all this kind of shit and it's a great excuse to get fucked up like it is an amazing <laughs> excuse and yeah. no one will make you feel bad because they'll be like yeah that douchebag that fucked you over and all this kind of shit it's like yeah the guy that everyone saw this person was like that guy's fucking weird <laughs> you shouldn't date this guy's gonna fuck you over and now we're all acting like i'm but, you know but listen like, oh, when he fucked <laughs> but when he fucks me over then i have a good excuse to do drugs and destroy my life yeah so and everyone's just like oh yeah totally <laughs> let's let's go get wasted um it's like you know i i I get it because I was, you know, I was totally there too. And this was honestly the scariest part too, is it really felt right to me. Like it felt right. Like doing the shit that I was saying before to manage it felt wrong. It was painful. It felt like it was going against everything, all of my instincts, you know, of what I felt like the right thing to do was. And all of this shit that that was in my head and that scared the ever living shit out of me right it scared me that my impulse was toward people who ignored me or mistreated me or were clearly poorly suited for me or just weren't going to be available to me even if they were perfectly fine people um in the way that I knew I needed. And I would lie to them. I would lie to myself. I would say, oh no, I don't need that. I'll just take whatever table scraps you throw toward me when you remember that I'm alive. I'll that'll be totally fine. And it was not totally fine. That wasn't what I wanted at all. Oh no, what if this person says no to that? Well then I can move on and find someone who is, right? Like, but it, but like at the time, I didn't want to face the fact that I couldn't handle rejection or that I, my idea of myself was so fragile and so predicated on other people's opinions of me Uh that it, it, you know, I couldn't possibly risk that, but you know, I can go this really horrifically convoluted route uh, around all that shit and just, you know, forever forever rad the wave baby so it was <laughs> it, it's very interesting and i think that's kind of what's unique about this kind of addiction is that it's so intimate and it requires this really strange shared delusion between two people that just repeats mm-hmm. over and over again um so weird but it's hard to manage very it's, difficult <laughs> yeah i like i don't know if i even really expected how much i would feel fucking just called out <laughs> um 
doing this episode. Uh, you know, my self-awareness still has some ways to go, I guess. I honestly and- think it's kind of awesome that, that like, you went from being like, I don't know anything about this to, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, like, shit. yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is just what I do, ain't it? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and that's, like, that's okay, too. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. And it means that you can start, you can start acknowledging it. You can start recognizing that it's like, okay, these feelings that I think I'm feeling, these aren't the long-term love that I want. This isn't the real love and intimacy and support that I want and deserve. I'm not saying you, you know, deserve it from a particular person, but just in general. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think that's something that you should have a standard for you know yeah well i I think like this brings up like this arc uh brings up for me like the thing about recovery i guess especially early recovery i'm experiencing is you know actually like when you are healing you and like very like committed and serious about it you know i think it's pretty common understanding of like actually like it probably will get worse before it gets better and that's because like it's like oh my god i actually have more problems than i realized (laughs) and like i didn't realize that like every aspect of my life i've been doing wrong (laughs) or like not wrong but in a way that is harmful like it's like i have issues with self-harm that have gone on longer than i realized i have issues with substance use that I for longer than I realized uh because of my relationship with alcohol I have like relationships that that like I am like as on recording I'm like oh my god and like you know and work stuff like it's just like oh my god it's just like and it's really intimidating to be like wow I need to figure out how to live my life differently in like every single sector yeah and, and she is overwhelming and i mean even like those like the substance use which I, I like is important for me to to manage but like not even on the but not like i don't think is my most pressing issue even that on its own is like hard and that's not even my identified like most pertinent issue and, and so like to open to add more to the list it's like and it makes sense because like we said, like the emotional pattern is the same. So you're kind of really just living the same way in just every different part of your life. But like it, like this understanding of like how deep like the wounds are and how deeply it's affected how you navigate the world and how you navigate your emotions. Mm-hmm. It is super overwhelming. Yes. And also like, it, like, I don't know, you just, you brought up at some point like the older you get the more you have to lose and i don't know like also but also on the other hand like the older like i feel like this is a little different like for queer people like i don't feel this exactly but i know a lot of like heterosexual people like heterosexual women specifically but the older they get the more pressure there is to find Mm -hmm. someone and if you're in this pattern like that that sounds so dangerous because like not only are you being pressured to find someone but you're being pressured to marry them and have kids with them yeah um before before you get all used up 
as, yeah. as society says they're like listen you're really only a woman until you're like 40 so hop hop to buddy um yeah well luckily to do. luckily society has never thought i have a, that i'm a woman so like i just get to skip that part of misogyny yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> um i trust me i get plenty of of it elsewhere yeah my, my i'm still getting my daily helpings all the time don't worry oh, about yeah. it yeah, I was about to say. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you could tell us some some tales. Uh, <laughs> I I do I do think though, regardless of because yeah, definitely the pressure is greater for women and especially like women who date men. Which honestly, like hashtag heroes, right? Like, <laughs> I who knows? As straight women, incredible. No, uh, <laughs> no straight woman can criticize me for self harming. Yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> it's like girl um <laughs> but yeah like it's it is it is like a thing though that we generally idolize youth and physical attractiveness and all these things yeah. and i think that that is it does play into this at least a, a little bit you know i don't yeah. think it's the entire thing but i mean you, I you said it your first, like you said it in the very beginning like the hallmark like yeah grip yeah yeah, they they don't they don't show you know a fam like they don't show older women on like TV at all. Yeah. You know they don't show some like cute older grandpa queers or something like oh there's grandpa Jeff and grandpa Amir and they're coming today. You know what I mean? It's like they don't show us these kinds of relationships. It's like young queers we get yeah you're gonna have some cocaine fueled ride down to hell <laughs> like you know you're gonna date you're gonna like u-haul and like all this shit's gonna happen yeah. someone's gonna die like it's just you know it's it's you you don't get to have this kind of healthy relationship and you don't see a lot of examples of that so i you know yeah, i, I you, think that there's some stuff going on there too yeah it's interesting like that you just brought up you hauling because that's different like that feels like yeah. part of this, where it's like where it's like the pressure exists that the pressure is different because it's like i think um the pressure is like well there's like less of us and i found a, i found one that feels good so like let's just fucking do it mm -hmm. um but also like on this media track like it, if we're like thinking about like the hallmark movies or like romantic comedies as a whole mm -hmm. uh in this in this conversation of like NRE addiction, love addiction, whatever, is let me ask you a question. What phase of a relationship do like most the vast majority of those movies take place in? Hmm. Sometimes even the first like four days of a relationship, yeah. they're just like there, there are exceptions for sure. There's that rom-com, I think it's a rom I, I don't know, that that movie with Jane the Virgin in it that's like about her post like breakup or whatever. But like most, like a lot of them, it's like, you know like there's a meet cute like literally they meet in the movie like you don't there's not like i don't i would like i'm sure there are exceptions because people like love to turn tropes on their head all the time and i love when they do it but like you don't see a rom-com or a romance movie that often at least and i'm leaving it open because i'm sure i can be proved wrong but like of like someone like 40 years people of a couple 40 years in their relationship and like maybe you'll get that in a movie but like that relationship won't be the focus of it like 
Yeah, um, it'll it'll just be kind of like, oh, and they love each other, and it's like, oh, and then we all move on. Like they're yeah, yeah we, we don't really not, explore that at all. Yeah, like you're only seeing this, like, oh, I like I found someone, they're really great. I just saw them on the train and then I didn't get their number, and now I have to find them again or some shit, which is crazy behavior. And yeah. um, I mean, I I don't think it's really uh mind-blowing at this at this point uh in discourse to say that most <laughs> rom-coms show like really model a lot of really like destructive relationship behaviors uh and glorify them oh yeah um, that's oh yeah that's the coldest take there is um but it's also true um because they you're seeing this thing and consciously or not and most likely not like you're taught that this is like the thing you do um mm-hmm. and you're not taught what it looks like when it gets boring or what what you do when it gets quote unquote boring yeah and and it's i think too you'll see a lot of because it's i i think it's not even just rom-coms you'll see a lot of these assumptions made even in things as kind of basic as advice columns or relationship yeah. columnists who tend to really focus very heavily on things like keeping the marriage exciting or you know what I mean like kind of like how to spice up your love life by trying new things or how to keep you know do these things to help your relationship feel fresh and stuff and it's like I'm not saying those things don't work but there's don't work but it's like there's a couple assumptions being made here right that a it is desirable to remain as close to that initial spark that you had be that long-term relationships are like that them being boring is the worst thing it could possibly be and that's what leads to the dissolution of a relationship and i i don't think that's I don't think that's it at all. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that a dissolution of a relationship comes from things like lack of communication and trust, which uh, as a side effect, yeah, your relationship will become pretty boring if you don't communicate with each other. Like, you know, if you don't interact with one another, I imagine you'll be like, this motherfucker's got nothing to say. Like what? what Yeah. I think that there really, there really is something to this, like, rather like like what you said like like advice columns will point you towards like trying to be get as close to that feeling as possible but i but like you know i think it's really important to like appreciate like most relations like a lot of relationships like romantic or otherwise people don't get as like comfortable with each other that it becomes like quote-unquote boring but like it's not even quote-unquote boring it's just like it's just not new but like like a long-term like healthy relationship like compared to a any relationship in the earlier terms is like you have a fuller understanding of that person um you know that person's like what they like what they don't like what their triggers are if they have mental health issues you have an understanding of like their sense of humor they have an understanding of all your stuff like like all that stuff and like the thing that is frustrating about being like single with no prospects is like and like wanting that that launch of things like wow that's gonna take so long to get there Mm. and like I think there's real value in like when you get there freaking like appreciating that 
It does. It does take a lot of work. And I, I think that's a big part of the reason why NRE addiction, love addiction, all these things can even, even though they can feel, you feel like you're doing these behaviors to get you closer to that deep intimacy that is truly transformative and not just, not even just a source of comfort, but a source of growth, of change, of, you know, all of these really amazing thing, you know, it, it can be a really great source of those things for you. And, um, it takes a lot of work and, and that's kind of the thing. Cause like the thing with the, with like the NRE or whatever, like, you know, you just said, you know, you, you want to get like close to like that feeling of closeness is like the way, um, certain substances provide me the illusion of comfort and safety like an early like this like nre uh, love addiction pattern makes you feel closer while you're actually making yourself it's like it's the illusion and yes. it's actually probably putting yourself further away as i've said before Ex- well exactly like you were i think you even mentioned something earlier where you pointed out oh maybe i won't address this red flag because i want to keep this feeling and this situation and this this kind of impression that I have of the situation going for as long as possible, which to me is is so classic, right? Because it's this thought of, oh, I don't want to mess anything up. And if if a relationship can't handle you for who you are, then it it's not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna point? make it there. Like you just yeah. aren't because I, I can tell you right now, you're gonna go through a lot worse with your partner if you stay with them for a long time. You know, like I needed to think about things as serious as if you are with someone for life, you know, with that person for life, you might even be there to watch them die or if they get really sick or you know all of these really really huge things that will need incredible sacrifice on your part and are not going to be a fun fucking time it's going to be heart-wrenching um i wasn't ready for something like that and when i realized that it's like oh i can only handle people when they're at top tier 100 percent their best selves and not when they're struggling or, you know, whatever. And, and I was like, is that really love then? Am I really even like, do I really love these people or am I just, I really want to love them. I really want to get there with them. And that's also a perfectly valid feeling, but it isn't quite love. Not yet. You know, um, Truly. it's, it's could be, it could be, um, it's, the start of something that that could be left but anyway like um i absolutely think that one of the most important things is to just understand in in working through nre addiction is is just understanding that building trust with someone takes time and it happens little by little by little and that's much less satisfying. It's much less exciting to, you know, do the little things and, and show up every day for your partner for all the stuff uh, that, that is important to them and, and setting boundaries with them and doing all these things. 
but it's it's it that's it that's the only way you know there, yeah. there's not a lot in life that's just kind of that's what it is but there are some things and and that's just kind of the deal there's way that you know there's variation in how you do it but it, at the end of the day like there's you can't avoid that vulnerability part you can't avoid that hard work slow painful progress kind of stuff um that's it and it's fucking difficult so like um yeah i i don't blame people for wanting to avoid that especially if they don't feel ready for it and they don't feel like i'm you know i don't know what i have to offer someone yet i don't know if i can be there for someone if they lose a brother or something like that you know am I going to be able to support my partner if like they get really sick and you know need me to take care of them and that's like a really hard thing to admit yeah because it's like because like I know for me if I was asking myself those questions I know the answers at this point is no right and but I but I want intimacy and I want closeness and I want stability even though I really <laughs> sabotage <laughs> that all the time fuck I got COVID brain I don't it's know what the fuck I don't know what I was saying anymore. I, don't it's fine. I, I, I think you were talking about something cool which is it's hard to admit if you're not yeah. kind of up to snuff in the way that you would want to yeah be. because it's like oh well that means I like I need to like work on this a part of myself rather than jumping into relationships and that sucks when that's what you want but I think I think I'm I am in this uh place currently where like I'm I am like like even before this conversation like I'm beginning to admit that like you know I don't really feel like I'm in the place to be dating uh right now but I do still want intimacy. And then the, like the answer to that for me is exploring different types of intimacy rather than just like a single person or a small group of people, but like figuring out what that looks like in a wider sense. And like, can I be there? Can I be someone's sole support when their brother dies or when they have cancer? Absolutely not. Can I be a part of a community that's supporting uh, someone going through those things? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I th- and and that makes the admitting that I'm not really ready for relationships right now a lot less painful. Because mm. it's like I'm not ready for relationships, but I I think I could do like close friendships. I can do like yes, casual friendships. Uh, I can do and like being a being close to like people uh, in a way that isn't so all-consuming um where that is like you said like like part of the one of the ways to manage is like if you have trouble like maintaining those boundaries like someone who can model those boundaries for you and and like as you were learning that stuff and I feel like it's probably safest to do that when there is a less on the line because I'm not imagining myself marrying most of my friends um, and like, or any of that. Um, so like the stakes feel lower, but the rewards I don't think are necessarily lower. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, I think those are all really excellent points. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, 
it just helps so much to admit that even if it's painful, but there, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I'm not in a place right now where I think I'm ready to be for, be there for someone in the way that I would like to I be. Mean, I, I'm not ready to reciprocate the level of honesty and intimacy that I expect from my partner, because it's like, well, I expect, you know, I'm expecting all this stuff and expecting, well, I want them to treat me like this and I want us to communicate like this. And then, you know, I can't even do something simple, like just say, Hey, could you please not, uh, to bring up this topic because it makes me feel uncomfortable, you know, without sitting there and going, what if they leave me for, for like two months or something, you know, super crazy. Like, um, yeah, it's like that. That's it's a it's a bit of a wake up call, you know. It's not it's not. Yeah. I'm, try, I'm not trying to sit here and judge myself and say, oh, you suck. But I'm more just trying to say, like, it's okay if there's things I want to work on, and it's okay to not be so good at them. Yeah, that's yeah. All. Like it, yeah. it is hard to admit that, but and I am not one to suck off Bill W. But like the first step. Like, mm-hmm. you can't solve a problem if you can't fucking identify it. Like, yes. I'm never going to be ready for dating if I don't admit that I'm not ready for dating. Uh, because I've dated plenty of people while not ready for dating. And where the fuck has that gotten me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, the, the, I think another thing that I really shifted my focus on um that like and this was a lot of these things are very visual for me and that really helps me but I remember at one point I interrogated okay what yeah there you go Um, visits the visualization of love addiction and Snorlax's vagina a Snorlax's vagina anyway Uh, sorry to (laughs) yeah go ahead no you're you're all good um I I was thinking about visualizing what I thought that would look like, you know, what is the person I'd want to be with? And I thought about, oh, I want to be with a person who has a lot of their own stuff going on. Like I, I really like being with people who are independent and um, because I'm very independent in a lot of ways. And I'm very, like, I have a big personality and I'm, you know, I like having, buds I like doing things and I need to be with someone who's got their own things going on and I'm not worried that they're just sitting at home like I just wait for you to come home (laughs) that does not work for me at all and you know then I was like what kind of people have I dated uh yeah some people who definitely did that right and that it didn't work out um it I didn't like it um it wasn't for me Um, and and just kind of going down the list of the things that I'm looking for and identifying, uh, that I haven't really held these things in a lot of importance in my past relationships and identifying that this is what I'm working toward. And this relationship that I'm going to build with someone isn't just something that magically comes together because we found each other. It's something we build together slowly. Absolutely. And we build it together slowly by showing the other person trust and doing that in measured steps. And so that was really the the thing I was trying to practice initially. And it was really hard. So everything I'm saying is very difficult to do. And, 
you know, no one should feel bad for not being like the most evolved, you know, whatever person in the world. But basically I just practiced, Hey, instead of, Hey, I, we just started dating. So I'm going to tell you about every deep, dark secret that I have in my entire life, because that is, you know, one big sign of my NRE is just way oversharing and getting like really intense with someone very quickly and recognizing, Hey, maybe I should to protect me not even nothing to do with the other person, but to protect me, I don't have to share some of the darkest parts of my life with someone immediately. I'm not saying I'll never share with them, but I can start simple. You know, I can start with small pieces of information about me and, and, you know, we build that trust over time because that person, you know, responds well and says, Oh, wow. You know, like, sorry, you went through that. Like I haven't been through that myself, but blah, blah, blah. I understand, you know, stuff like that. Or alternatively, if I bring something up and someone just starts acting like an asshole about it, well, if I can't trust you with this thing, that is, lower stakes for me how am I going to trust you with something that is really painful for me to share or something that I really need a lot of understanding and and um love from my partner I need it I need that um and that's okay to admit that too that that you need certain things but yeah like that that I think was was a huge thing for me is just saying hey it's okay to not just be like, I want you to trust me. So I'm going to show that I trust you by trusting you with everything in my entire life. Here's my social security number or whatever, like (laughs) um, things, things I have had arguments about. I'm not even kidding. I had had an argument because one of my partners was like, I'm not going to tell you my social security number early on. And I was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> what? yeah i don't I, yeah i don't think i've ever asked or gave that information to anyone that i've ever dated wow what a what a person i've i've been uh at various times but you know it's like it 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 was silly and i got over it it's fine but you know i had to see that it's like hey i don't you know why would i expect someone to trust me uncritically and without question if we just met each other less than three months ago right like that's if you just met some dude at work three months ago you would think it was pretty wild if he came up to you was like let me tell you my life story you know you'd be like that's fucking weird like i don't want to know your life story man yeah you know yeah (laughs) i do know but that to me that sounds like an episode episode yep hell yeah <laughs> i was like i don't know if that's a yes or i don't know what the fuck that is Singing. cool cool <laughs> so you know all right ready know how this goes um so i am grateful for you coming on we had a conversation that flowed supernaturally we just like i barely even looked at the goddamn script but we hit hit everything um and really helped me come terms with my shit um what a great podcast yeah I, i'm like <laughs> you also kept being like sadie that's a really good point and i'm like wow i've never felt 
the smart recording an episode of this. So I'm really grateful for that. And then otherwise, I am grateful for God damn it. Um I am grateful. I like I've recorded so much many of these uh lately that it's hard to come up with different gratitudes each time. That's not even true. I literally do three gratitudes every single night. Um, I am grateful for TV shows about women committing crimes. Yes, yes, right the fuck on with, yes. with that shit. Um, I am incredibly grateful to you, Sadie. One um, upping me, think... god damn it. <laughs> All right, I'm not trying to do that. I'm, I'm try- teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I, I am really grateful for you. I think this show is awesome and I really appreciate it being invited on. Um, and, you know, I just, I continue to be really impressed by how willing you are to take a hard look at yourself sometimes and, and not in a way that's mean, you know, mm-hmm. although we can all be mean to ourselves from time to time, but I, you know, I see you really trying to just say, no, what's real? here you know like where am I really at what do I really want to work on who do I really want to be um and that's really super inspiring to watch and it reminds me to always hard dude (laughs) trying it is and 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 that's the thing it doesn't end you know if anything now I would say I admit I just admit I'm wrong faster that's like the biggest the biggest difference I still do dumb shit all the time but at least now I go oh no (laughs) that was not good so yeah you're awesome Sadie and I think I feel very honored that I got to witness you coming to terms with with some some true shit for you yeah cool um do you want to throw a little promo in there yeah i'll i'll do a little plug um i make music and and art of varying kinds uh you can find me at spun lilac pdx on ig um and yeah Cool. And if you want to find the show on Instagram, it is Clown Hospital Pot. If you want to find it on Twitter, it's Clown Hospital BB, like baby, uh, because pod was too long. Uh, but Clown Hospital, I think, was taken or something. Um, and if you want to send an unhinged email, you can send an unhinged email to clownhospitalpod at gmail.com. And to wrap up, I've been I've been changing the the, the sign off a little bit. Um, and to sign off, I'm just gonna say this podcast is dedicated to everyone who uh, didn't get the chance to heal. And I love y'all. Peace.